What are some of your favorite memories of childhood? Summer at the lake, toasting marshmallows with your dad? How about comparing transplant scars with your friends? We uh, got to the hospital. We were greeted by all the nurses that uh, pretty much helped uh, Julian because he was a baby. And it was a very fast, surreal experience. That's parent Brian Galvez. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and your host for this edition of The Journey Continues. Brian and his son Julian join us today to talk about Kidney Camp, our upcoming family program, and why support for families experiencing kidney disease is so important. Brian, when did you and Julian's mom, Lisa, learn that something was a little different with Julian's kidneys? We probably found out seven months into her pregnancy. What did the doctors tell you at that time? From what I remember, she had a low amniotic fluid. And after ultrasounds, that pretty much confirmed the size of his belly and his his kidney. Okay. What was the diagnosis they gave you? They were not sure, but when he was born, they just said that he had an abnormally large kidney. But uh, once he was born, the prognosis was he had a polycystic kidney disease and Carolee's disease. And what did that mean for day-to-day life? How did that make him, or did it make him a different type of newborn? No, it, it wasn't too different. Just more therapies, therapies at the house. Pretty much, yeah, we were uh, we were informed the changes. It's hard to compare. Uh, my first child don't have much of a comparison, but uh, in terms of his communication or, or his uh, ability to play and whatnot, no, that wasn't really affected. Not at that moment, but probably when he started walking, started getting a little bit older, those tasks were uh, a little bit more difficult for him. And what was the prognosis? Did they tell you he would need? Any sort of dialysis or uh, transplant, anything like that? They told us that eventually he was going to need a kidney transplant. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they definitely did let us know that it was going to be an issue, that it was something that we could keep an eye on, that pretty much they were going to wait until kidney function went as low as possible just so he can get uh, older, stronger. Has he needed a transplant? Yeah, he actually had a transplant in February 2022. He actually had a liver and a kidney transplant. When did he actually get a transplant? He got a transplant when he was uh, nine years old, February 9th of 2022. What was that like? What was that experience like getting that call? Man, it was it was amazing. Uh, I think I was just getting out of work. Uh, I, I worked in uh, Bedford Park, uh, the 55 in Harlem. I got a couple uh, phone calls that I didn't recognize, I didn't pick up, and then uh, I got a phone call from uh, Lisa, my wife, and she was pretty much slightly hysterical. Hey, we got to go. It's it's the call. It's the call. We had two hours to get there, ran home, got everything ready, and got there within two hours to the hospital. And uh, yeah, we were greeted by uh, the nurses that I... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. It's an emotional experience. So it had to be a, a huge moment for all of you. Uh, so yeah, uh, no, yeah, we uh, got to the hospital. We were greeted by all the nurses that uh, pretty much helped uh, Julian. They've known, known him since he was uh, born, since he was a baby, on the 20th floor. And it was a very fast, surreal experience. It was a 16-hour operation. Wow. We think it was Monday night that we got the phone call, Tuesday morning. At like seven o'clock is uh, when we started. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. 
It's okay. That had to be tough to see your baby boy going into surgery and you had to have so much fear and anxiety in that moment, but also excitement. Yeah, a lot of excitement. They did like a a little walk out to the surgery room, all the, mm-hmm. a lot of music, a lot of, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a long 16 hours, but you know, we, we knew we were in good hands. It was a stressful, stressful time, but, uh, you know, it was amazing. His recovery. We saw him later on in the, in the night, came the next morning to see him again. And I'm going to say like two days later, he was already walking. He was already making big strides. He had a lot of energy. And, you know, that's kind of the way he's always been. And he never really let any of this stuff backtrack him or affect his goals or affect, you know, what he wanted to do in life with all the limitations that he had. So I've been a year and a half and it's been great. He's been super active. He's a big swimmer. We've always had him in swimming since he was probably, I don't know, six months old. He's been swimming. Wow. So, yeah, we've, uh, so yeah, he's always been in the swimming. He had dialysis uh, with COVID. He's actually been doing a lot of activities with Ability Lab, the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. He's on their swimming team. He was able to go, this is his first year participating in meets. We were all over Madison, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Alabama. He's won gold medals, silver medals, nationals, nationals in, in Alabama. It's been great. It's, I guess you never really uh, imagined how happy you could be until uh, <laughs> everything comes to fruition. I'm sure that's been an exciting experience to see him thrive in that way and see him like really take to something and that maybe people wouldn't have thought he could do. So you and your wife, Lisa, sent Julian away to kidney camp this summer for the first time. What was that like for the two of you? It, it was actually his second time. Oh, it was his second uh, time. Oh, I apologize. This, okay. No, yeah, this was his second time. His first time was in 2019. Okay. And pretty much before we started getting news of, you know, kidney function going lower. But yeah, this is the second time. I mean, y'all, it's great. I mean, you know, he made it back post-surgery. He's been, you know, super happy about it. We've been looking forward to it. You know, we've been planning our summer around it. You know, first year that uh, he doesn't spend uh, 4th of July with us. That's uh, mom's birthday. So, you know, he was quick to tell mom, yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right (laughs) while I go to camp. Um, But no, it's been great. You know, he came back very excited. Got to try a lot of new activities that he hasn't tried before. Fishing, archery. It was a long five days, but at the same time, it flew when he got back. He's uh, excited to hope participating next year. Did you have any anxieties about sending him away post-transplant that he would take his medication and, and do what he, he needed to do? You know, honestly, the staff and the, the, the nurses that have uh, been there that they, you know, that they have for these programs, they seem very well-rounded. They seem very on top of what they're doing. I guess uh, what worries us is more when he gets back from camp, he gets sick, he comes back. That's kind of what happens to us uh, every time we kind of leave the state or we go on some sort of trip and we come back. It's usually some sort of uh, complication. He gets the flu or, or something like that. But all this time, he was fine. He was great. Actually, he got back on Friday. And on that following Monday, he was already competing for uh, the Alabama National Meet for the Ability Lab. So, yeah, it was, it's been great. It's been a great summer. We used to spend a lot of time at the ER and not as much anymore. We still have to go, you know, for any little flu or any 
little, uh, well, not, not any little cough, but, you know, if he has a fever or anything, you know, we don't really wait around. But uh, it's, it's been great. It really has been uh, like a dream come true. When you sent him away to camp, what were you hoping he'd gain from that experience? A little bit more independence, really just seeing, you know, learning how to live with other people, with other friends, making friends, learning patience, something that, uh, you know, he's an only child, he's always been very much uh, catered to. So, you know, now there's other children and, and uh, you know, everybody's a priority. Pretty much just learning to live with other people, you know, in a, in a small space. Did you see him come home with some of those critical skills that you were hoping he'd pick up? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's always, he's, he's a good kid. But I guess, uh, you know, once I, I, I can't say that I've seen it. Uh, maybe that's something I've seen him <laughs> with other boys and other friends and so on and so forth. But uh, no, he's, he's always in good spirits. He's always a, a very, very good, uh, good boy. What advice do you have for other parents who are maybe hesitant to send their kids to camp? I imagine when your your child has been ill, it's really hard to let them go somewhere outside where you can't keep your eyes on them. It all depends on where the child is at and, and what stage and what, what they're going through. I mean, uh, I think we were very lucky with Julian. You know, at a first glance, you wouldn't really be able to tell that he was going through what he was going through, really. The only thing that looked you know, was his uh, slightly bigger belly because of his enlarged kidneys. It's not a one answer for all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some kids that are going through dialysis, and that's a whole other ballpark of uh, dealing with things. You got to just believe yourself. You got to believe in your choice. And if it's something that feels right, then definitely go for it. But if it's something that you have any type of hesitation, then, you know, it's, it's probably best to wait until he or she gets healthier, stronger, or there's, or there's a change. I definitely recommend it. Hopefully, you know, we can we can continue to, to participate and he, he continues to to want to go and uh, experience that. Where do you and Lisa turn for support? You mentioned the nurses being a big part of of your lives, where else do you turn for support? Definitely family. My parents, her parents, our, our siblings, her siblings. We don't have a really, really big family, but uh, we've been blessed to have uh, our family in the position to, you know, help us to um, take time away from whatever they got going on. Uh, depending on each other, you know, pretty much sharing more responsibilities. You know, it's not just one person's job. It's it's, it's a team effort. But I guess uh, I would say, you know, depending on each other and definitely uh, grandparents. The more grandparents you have, uh, the better. (laughs) (laughs) That's good advice. I know that you're planning to attend our family program at the Museum of Science and Industry. Why do you think programs like that are important for parents and kids? you know, make them feel like they're not by themselves, you know, that this isn't just something that happens to them, that there's more of this going on. You're not so different. You're not the only one that that has these type of issues. Maybe learning to cope or maybe seeing that it's not so bad or that it's a little bit more acceptable or it's it's not as a big deal, really. And that's kind of one of the things that we've really learned from doing, you know, he doesn't act like he has any limitations, you know, in terms of sports or, or anything like that. He definitely does, but uh, his, his attitude has definitely made the transition and our journey so much easier. You know, his attitude and, and probably um, the limitations that he has aren't as great as maybe other children uh, do have. When you imagine Julian's future, what do you hope for? Uh, 
uh, what do I hope for him in the future? I guess uh, for him to have a great education, to have independence, to learn to um, have patience with our neighbors, with uh, our coworkers, with our everybody for his health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his health is the most important thing that uh, he continues to grow as a person, to be successful, to not let this burden him as, as much as it is, not let this be an obstacle or an obstacle that's going to, you know, um, deter him from chasing an opportunity. I don't know, moving somewhere, go, uh, finding a job somewhere that he, that he loves. I'm hoping that he can uh, find something he loves to do. <laughs> Sounds like he's already kind of finding it with swimming. He's at least spent, has some interests that he's passionate about. Why don't we hear from the kidney camper Julian himself? Julian, what do you know about your kidney disease and your transplant? Tell us everything you know. I'm pretty sure back then it was way worse. I didn't know of this because uh, I was just like young and uh, small. But uh, I could remember like uh, a function. My kidney's very like big, but like in 2019 it got uh, bigger. But like in 2021, I had to get this thing on my uh, stomach and it was a tube, a dialysis. Let's talk about your kidney transplant. Did you feel scared when you were having your transplant? A little bit, yeah. I kind of remember, like, uh, asking them, like, questions. This one was, like, 16 hours. When I was done, I was asleep. When I woke up, I feel okay. When I think about this, I just, like, keep on going, like, walking, um, playing other sports, taking, like, one step at a time. I do remember being a little bit dizzy. My mom was here and I wake up. I said, hi, mom. And then like, uh, I would be a little tired, but uh, sometimes I would walk around the whole hallway, play with my mom and a nurse, my nurses. Your dad says you're a great swimmer. Do kids ever notice your transplant scar when you're swimming and ask you about it? When I first went swimming, like it would be a hard time for me to do it because of uh, Sometimes I didn't know this stuff free. Uh, I have to practice because the last time I'd been swimming was two or three years ago. And then, like, uh, you know, I felt kind of good. And I swam. And uh, I I could, like, do anything that, uh, like, I couldn't do. Tell us about some of the fun things you did at kidney camp this summer. What were some of your favorite activities? Archery, flag football, fishing, and I do remember doing the water polo class. I never really had like so much fun. What was it like to be away from your mom and dad for a whole week? Were you scared at all? Did you miss them or what, did you feel okay because you were with friends? It was okay. Yeah. Was okay. Good. What are you looking forward to most about next year's kidney camp? I don't even know if I want to go back. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why not? Let me just say this. When I went in there, it was fine. But when I had to go to the bathroom, it's not fine because it's dirty. Oh, okay. The bathrooms are dirty. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a a summer camp experience I think we've all had. What advice do you have for other kids who are going through what you went through? What would you tell them to keep them going and encourage them? Just go forward. Take one step at a time and then you'll reach to success. And what grade are you about to enter? Fifth. What are you excited about for fifth grade? Food science. Okay. Food science. Is that where you cook? 
No, it's like this thing, like a light, a light bulb potato and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds cool. Well, Julian, thank you very much for talking with me about kidney camp and about your life. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? You know, you just got to keep on going, keep on pushing, and eventually, you know, uh, eventually you'll find the light. Well, nine years later, that's when we found our light. It's a slow process, and you have to be very patient, but eventually, you know, everything will, I think, uh, will work itself out. There are about 9,800 youth nationwide living with end-stage renal disease. NKFI hosts the country's only educational event for kidney kids and their parents. Learn more about Kidney Camp and our family program by visiting our website at nkfi.org. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention is a key part of our mission at NKFI. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health or nutrition tip. Here's today's nutrition tip about vitamin D. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, meaning it's stored in fat in the body. You may have heard vitamin D called the sunshine vitamin because we can get it from exposure to the sun, but we can also get vitamin D from the foods that we eat. The best sources of vitamin D are fatty fish like salmon and tuna and foods fortified with vitamin D like milk. Vitamin D is also present in small amounts in beef liver, cheese, egg yolks, and mushrooms. Vitamin D plays many roles in the body, including promoting calcium absorption in the gut and maintaining enough blood calcium and phosphate concentrations to allow for normal bone development. Without enough vitamin D, bones may become thin, brittle, and misshaped. Calcium plus vitamin D helps to protect older adults from osteoporosis, which is a disease that causes bones to become weak and brittle, making them easy to break. Many people are at risk for vitamin D deficiency, including people living with chronic kidney disease. This is because your kidneys play an important role in how your body activates vitamin D from sun exposure and the foods we eat. If your kidneys are not healthy, then you may have low levels of vitamin D in your blood. It's important to have your vitamin D levels checked by your healthcare provider and be treated if they are low. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Press, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois.